Welcome to episode number 40 of the Grab Blogger podcast. We're helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you, the listener, by giving you the tools, the tips, the resources, and strategies you need to build an online business through blogging, podcasting, and video so that you can change the world with your research experience and your expertise. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Coloni. Today's episode, we're talking about three standard operating procedures for your business and for your life. So you probably know by now that I'm pretty big on systems, both in in my personal life, but also in my online business. This is what's really helped me grow and scale Dust Safety Science and also help grow and scale GrabBlogger as we continue to develop this platform out, this podcast, this website, and helping academics build and drive their online businesses. In this episode, we're going to talk about why it's important to create standard operating procedures, SOPs, and checklists. We're going to talk about how to actually create them. I'm going to give three examples of my own. So if I go into my Google Doc folder through my Google Drive and search for SOP, I get dozens and dozens and dozens of standard operating procedures for everything in my business from creating this podcast episode through to how to send out newsletters through to the things we're going to be talking about today in this episode. So after we talk about how to actually create standard operating procedures and why they're so important, I'm going to give three examples. These are three examples that cover different levels of complexity. So I'm going to talk about my personal Monday planning session for the business. We're going to talk about hiring someone for a small job, my checklist there, and then my end of the day checklist. What do I want to make sure I actually do at the end of every day to set myself up for the next day? So I chose these three because they give three different levels of complexity, and we'll talk about that. If you're actually interested in these standard operating procedures, we put them together and you can get them at grabblogger.com slash 40 in the show notes. You can actually download a PDF that has these three checklists that we'll be going through. And you can, as always, get a PDF transcript of the show notes from grabblogger.com slash 40 as well. Uh, nice, uh, nicely designed PDF that you can actually go through the text and see what we talked about in this episode. So I want to start by talking about why create a standard operating procedure and checklist in the first place. So I picked a couple of reasons here, but the first is that it saves time. So if you're going to be doing tasks over and over again, you're going to be saving a lot of time. If you have it written down how to do that. The second thing is that it actually saves calories, believe it or not. Um, and what I mean by this is it actually takes a finite amount of calories, of joules, of energy to make a decision. And if you make enough of these in a day, by the end of the day, you'll suffer what's known as decision fatigue. You just, you won't be able to stare won't be able to spare the extra five calories or whatever it is to actually make that next decision. But if you have operating procedures for the things you're doing every day, you have to make less decisions and you'll be able to get through more in your business and your life because you'll avoid this decision fatigue. Then the, the last reason I'll mention for creating SOPs and checklists is that it makes it much easier to scale your business. You can use these SOPs to hire, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. You can use them when you, you, know, you just really don't feel like doing something, but you just whip it out and do step one. And chances are you'll do step two, three, four, five, and six, but it'll just help you get started. So they'll really help you scale your business, help you do things faster, help you get more done in a day. And they're really of critical importance if you want to scale and drive your online business. So before we get into the examples that, I, that I'll talk through, how do you actually go about creating an SOP or a checklist? The key is here is each time you do a new task or a new system, write down the steps. And I generally just do this on a piece of paper and just stack it up on the side of my desk. And at the end of each day or the end of each week, I'll transcribe those SOPs into Google Docs. So this just gives you a big list of the steps that you've done to, for the tasks that you're actually doing each day and each week. Um, I keep these in a Google Doc folder with the prefix SOP. So for example, the ones we'll be talking about today are SOP-Monday Strategy Review, SOP-Hiring Call for Small Jobs, and SOP End of Day. 
And the reason to prefix it is that it's very searchable this way. If you want a list of your entire, all the SOPs you have, you can just search SOP in your Google Drive and it will come up with a giant list of everything that you have. I see go one step beyond and keep a separate Google Sheet that lists all the standard operating procedures and I break them down into categories. For example, business or life or personal life or team tasks, uh, podcasts is a big category, all the steps required to publish these podcast episodes, um, how to post content to the website, how to do our news reporting system for dust safety science. These are all in big lists or clusters of SOPs and how to actually go through each one of those steps in the process. So that's my process for creating a standard operating procedure. And it's pretty simple. You just, again, write down the steps, then you record them and you put them into a database so you can actually retrieve them later when you need them. So for the rest of this episode, we're going to talk about three SOPs I use in my life and my business. Again, these are my Monday planning session for the business, hiring someone for a small job or a one-time job, and my end-of-day checklist. I chose these three because they give you one, they can give you a result now. You can actually use these in your business and in your life. Just uh, take them and start applying to your business today and you'll see a result that you'll actually get. You'll be able to do things better, faster. Again, if you want to grab the cheat sheet with this, uh, you can get at grablawyer.com slash 40 and you can actually get the step-by-step processes for each of these three operating procedures from that checklist. The other reason I chose these three is that they they show some different levels of complexity. So the end-of-day checklist is just a simple step-by-step checklist. The The first one, the Monday planning session, is more bigger actions and groups and actually have some kind of uh, what is the point of this SOP at the start, which is important to, to consider in some cases. Then the the middle one, we'll be talking about how to hire for small jobs. There's kind of layering and cross-referencing that can go on. So it just shows some different levels of complexity for different SOPs that you could be using in your business. So for the first one that we'll talk about, we'll talk about my Monday planning session. So this is what I use each week to orient myself and my business to figure out what tasks we need to get done from myself or the team and how that fits in with the overall strategy. And the start or the top of this SOP actually has a, a section that is called, What is the Point? And I got this kind of terminology from James Shremko at Superfast Business, who's always asking this question, you know, why are you doing it? What is the point of doing this individual thing? And the point of my Monday planning session is to, well, I have three points actually at the top. One is O-O-D-A. And those that aren't familiar, this is ODA. This is a military acronym that stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. And they use these in, in fighter planes. So observe your, for your surroundings orient to yourself, to your surroundings, decide on what to do next, and actually act. This is the the approach I use for getting my business going every week. So it's okay to wake up in the morning and feel like, oh, I don't know what the business is doing. Or I don't know what the most important thing is. Um, but I know by the time that I get down and sit down on my Monday planning session, I'm willing to, okay, I'm going to observe what we have going on. I'm going to orient myself to it. We're going to decide on next steps, and we're actually going to act this so we can get some things done. So that's the the first point of this Monday planning session. Second point is to align myself and my team for an exciting and productive week ahead. And the third is to develop and implement innovations to fundamentally change and fundamentally improve the business. So I do take time to think, what am I doing now? Or what are we doing now as a team? How does that fit in with the business? And what are things that we can do differently? What are some new strategies, some new tactics, some new products, whatever it is, what are fundamental innovations that can change the business today? Take it from where it's at to maybe 10 times those results. And what can we do to, to improve that process? So that's the point that's at the top of this uh, operating procedure. And then I actually have the process. So there's five steps in the process. 
The first one is vision slash train track review. Then there's personal review, personal and team Trello boards. Then record and review analytics for business and business projects. Then there's send a team newsletter. Then there's content planning for the week. So the first one here is vision slash train track review. And I got this kind of analogy again from James Shremko at Super Fast Business. But I take some time to think about, okay, what is my vision? Where am I heading? What do I want to be you know, in my life? How do I want the business to support that? Uh, where are we going in the next three years? Where are we going next quarter? Where are we going this week? Once you have that destination in mind, then it's about, okay, well, what are the train tracks we have to lay down to make it impossible not to get there? So what are the steps? And that's really what I think about. This week, we're taking the train from station A to station B, but if you don't know where you're actually going, then you could be going the totally wrong direction. So that's where I always start is what's the, the vision that I want and what are we doing this week? So what do we need to do to make this a reality? I've been reading The 12-Week Year by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington, and this lends, lends itself really well to this process as well. Start with the vision, then lay down your train tracks to get there. I do this all on whiteboards. I have, just looking behind me, five whiteboards on the ground. They used to be up on the walls, but I actually like having them where I can carry them around the house now. I might go upstairs and grab a coffee and sit down with one of the whiteboards, then grab another one and go um, do something else or go sit on the deck or whatever it is um, and actually carry these things around. So I do all my vision planning and tracking on these whiteboards. The second step in my Monday planning session is to review my personal Trello board and the team Trello boards. So this is where we keep all the tasks, and we have this set up right now as a, as a Kanban board. So um, they're in to-do, doing, and done. And we just look at all the to-do tasks for the week and say, is this fitting in with the vision and train track review? The third thing I do is in my Monday planning session, Monday planning session is to review and record analytics for the business and any critical business projects. So this comes back to Peter Drucker and the quote, you can't manage what you don't measure. So where are analytics this week? How do we do anything new tactics that we put in place? How they perform based on what we thought they'd do? Are we making sales on projects that we have going? So I look at these analytics and say, okay, where are we in the business? Where do we need to go? Fourth thing is to send a team newsletter. This is actually a new innovation in my business. It's something that I had not really thought of until uh, maybe just two months ago, I actually started doing it. But I felt like we weren't communicating enough as a team. And I was thinking, well, I write newsletters for Dust Safety Science. I write newsletters for Grab Blogger. Why don't I write a team newsletter? Hey, guys, this is where we're at in the business this week. This is what we're doing. This is where everybody fits in. These are some celebration successes we've had over the last week or last month. And this is where we're at. So I actually send that team newsletter every Monday. And then the last step is content planning for the week. For me, my big content planning is creating outlines for at least two podcast episodes, one for Grab Blogger and one for Dust Safety Science. Then the rest of the content we create is through our content machines for the most part, unless I'm writing any special articles for guest posts or even special articles for the website. But I try to do all this content planning, writing all the outlines on Monday. So when it comes to Thursday, which it is this week, I just get down and actually start recording or writing or doing whatever, shooting the video right away and have all the content together. And then that's it for my Monday. So I actually try to do like a half day on Monday and then take the afternoon off and go do something else, go play squash or go play golf or whatever it is. Because I know if I do this process, I've fundamentally moved my business very far, much farther than, you know, if I just put my head down and start doing tasks right away. Taking this Monday planning session, putting it at the front end of the week, aligns me, aligns myself, aligns the team. Again, observe, orient, decide, act, and aligns our goals with what our long-term vision is. And if I do this work, I'll used to be pretty tired even after only three or four hours. But more than that, I know I've set myself up for the week 
and I can, uh, you know, go relax and actually go do something else that I enjoy, take care of my health through physical activity or my mental health by going and relaxing or going spend some time with my family or whatever it is. But I usually try to take Monday afternoons off because I know I've set myself up right for the week with this Monday planning session. So that's the first uh, standard operating procedure that we talked about in this episode. Again, you can get this at grablawyer.com slash 40. If you go there and uh, download the cheat sheet that we created, you can get that along with the other ones that we'll talk about here. So the second example SOP I have is hiring someone for a, I put in quotes here, small job or, or a one-time job. So this could be like a photographer to shoot some images of you or some images for your business. This could be a designer to create a report or cheat sheet or something. It's, you know, something that's not going to be a recurring job, something you're only doing once. And I filled this cheat sheet out just by things I've learned by making mistakes in the past in these hires and just saves me time, saves me thinking about it. Whenever I'm going to talk with one of these people, then I just open this cheat sheet up and go through that process. The first thing I would say here is always do a Skype or Zoom call with the person before you hire them. If they're not willing to do that or they're hard to get a hold of, or they, you know, feel resistant, or you don't, you know, connect with them when you're talking to them, then it's a great filter. They just don't make it through to the job. And it probably is going to save you a lot of headache at the end. If you don't do this sort of call, then you're going to be, you know, kind of kicking yourself down the road. I can almost guarantee it. So that's the first thing. You're always going to be doing this call. And then actually have a checklist for how to do the call. So just looking through the checklist, the first step, the start of the call is a warm up. I usually just talk about how I found them. Um, anyone we have in common or anything that I, you know, it's kind of small chit chat. Step two to say is to say you're talking to a couple of people. You just want to finalize the price and process. This gives you breathing time. I've learned the hard way never to really agree that you're going to move forward on the call. This just gives you some space to say, hey, I'm going to need a couple of days at the end of this and we'll decide and go. And actually at the end, we'll talk about um, how long you should give. And I think it should be pretty short. During the call, then, we finalize what information's need to proceed, what's needed from you, what you need from them, finalize the stages of engagement, what are the, you know, what is the schedule where stuff will be handed off back and forth, uh, finalize the price, what is the total price, actually explicitly ask, is there anything else that could change the price or be added to this or that might be included, and get a, you know, a no there that, that this is the actual price. A lot of time, um, once you write up a contract, you find some extra costs and you're like, what is this? Just get that agreed to during the call and then you'll know. Um, and then in closing, just tell them you will let them know either, I usually say within one or two days, um, if you really need to think about it, then maybe a specific date, but I try to be really good to the contractors that we hire. So I say, okay, I'll let you know within two days whether or not we're good to go. Either way, if I'm going to go another direction, then I'll let you know that, uh, that I've gone another direction so you're not sitting around waiting. Again, this so you don't really have to make the decision on the call uh, unless you really think you can, but I would recommend against that because... It's, uh, it's cost me in the past. So a couple extra notes here. Um, on I have post-call notes. So one is to record a checklist for that type of job if you don't have one. So this is sort of like my basic checklist. And then if I'm talking to a photographer, I'll, I have another checklist. So create a list of props that you might need or things you might want to bring. If I'm talking to a designer, then you know, a list of examples to, to draw from. And these are just, so I'll open up both of them. I'm talking to a web designer. I'll open up this checklist plus the web designer checklist and add anything in specific to the type of job. So this is what I mean by cross-referencing and cross-linking. Sometimes you'll have an SOP that's a general SOP and you'll cross in or link into things that are specific about that case. The last note here that I have in the SOP is about ownership. So I do not settle, and I recommend you don't as well, for anything less than owning the material that's created for your business and the copyright for that material. 
this is really necessary so you can edit, remix, reuse, um, recreate indefinitely without legally requiring to go ask permission. So if you're thinking about slapping your, you know, the photo of yourself on a new background or have it, uh, you know, mixed with something else, you really should have the copyright and ownership of that material. So this is another filter I have, and I've, again, learned the hard way. We, for example, we do things like create semi-annual reports for dust safety science, and I want to own that material, those cover pages, those images, everything, because I may want to stack it together and create a book out of it or something. I can't go ask, you know, we've been doing these for years now, actually uh, three and a half years. I can't go back and ask every designer we've had a, that worked on a piece of that project if it's okay to stack into a book. You need to own the... Uh, material that you have in your business. What generally happens here is that they'll say something about, you know, needing it to promote their business. And I fully am aware of this and fully uh, give them what I, what I recommend is in the contract, it says that you, the, the person who's paying have the ownership and copyright, but you're giving them an option to include in their portfolio, include online to show for the kind of work that they do. And I am willing, and I actually have a note here, however, may be willing to pay extra. And I've done this before where I've got photographs and the person said, here's your photographs, but I still own the copyright. And then I've ended up paying, you know, 75, 50% more to get the copyright back on those photos because we didn't agree to it in the contract. So make sure if you're discussing this verbally that you explicitly say this. I will own at the end of this project, the things that are created, the assets that are created, both the, the material and the copyright on it. Um, and I will let you use that, but I own it in the business. So DustX Research owns it or whatever your company is owns it. Again, this is important. You don't want to have, you know, we're taking a long game here. So if you're building your online business for five years, you don't want to be thinking about, okay, what material was not mine and what material is mine? And, you know, it's just, it causes a big headache from the logistics perspective. So don't really settle for less than owning the material that you're creating, but also offer to, for the creatives to, that they can use it as well, but you're letting them use it. They don't own it and let you use it. Otherwise, you can end up in some tricky situations in your business down the road. So that's an example of a kind of a little more detailed checklist, something that cross-references potentially other checklists to give you an idea as to the different layers of complexity there could be. So the last one I want to end on is my end-of-day checklist. So this is something I do at the end of every business day, and it has 11 steps, but they're all really simple. So step number one is to take a big breath. <laughs> Start, you know, end with end the day with just taking a big breath and just agree to yourself that you have 10 minutes to tidy up your life. I used to just take off running and I'd go upstairs and then the next day I'd come in to my office and it'd be a mess. It's like, if you just take 10 minutes at the end of every day, you can start the next day much better than if you don't. So that's step number one. Step number two is review emails to make sure there's nothing urgent or important. I've actually now, when I finish my business day, I take my phone and I put it in the kitchen. I don't look at it for the rest of the afternoon or the rest of the evening. This gives me, you know, brain space to be with my son, to be with my wife. And I don't actually look at my emails anymore, answering emails or anything like that. So I do take a quick look at the end of the day and say, is there something that's important that the team needs from me, that a customer needs from me, um, that's urgent, that can't wait till tomorrow. Step number three is to record one big achievement. And I just record this in my, you know, my journal, my notebook. Did this today. It was awesome. Step number four is review my to-do list. So this is my Trello board, just to make sure, again, there's nothing urgent or important that I'm missing. Step number five is record any notes in my life sheet. So I'll take notes throughout the day just on a piece of legal pad of paper or in my journal. And if there's anything that's actually important to consider, any reference information, anything like that, I'll record it into my Google Docs. 
so that I have access to that to make it searchable. Say if I did a meeting or a call with somebody and I wanted to record some information, I'll record that in my, my uh, Google Sheets. Step number six is to file anything that's out. If I have any paperwork out, any receipts, anything that I should store away, file that so you know papers that are building up in your office. Take out any dishes. I usually go through a couple of coffee cups a day, some water jugs, uh, maybe some food. So make sure you take all that out. It sucks having that in the morning when you're when you're coming and start a new fresh day. Remove anything extra from the desk. So actually take anything off my desk that's accumulated there through the day. I replace my pencil and my pen. That's step number nine. I wipe my desk down so dust doesn't build up on it. So it looks, again, pristine and ready to go for the next day. And I close all the windows on my computer. That way when I come in in the morning and you know shake my mouse and the computer turns on, I just have a nice clear screen with a nice background and we're ready to get to work. So that's my end of day checklist. Really simple, just 11 steps. Takes 10 minutes to do at the end of every day to set myself up for the next day so we can go about growing and running the business from there. So that's it for this episode of the Grab Blogger podcast. We talked about the importance of standard operating procedures, SOPs and checklists. We talked about why you need them in your life and your business. We talked about how to create them. And then I gave three examples. I gave one for my Monday business review, one for hiring someone for a small job, and my end-of-day checklist that I do at the end of every business day. So as always, you can get the transcripts for this episode at grabblogger.com slash 40. There's a button there where you can download the PDF, or should be a button there where you can download the PDF of the transcripts. You can also get a cheat sheet that has these three standard operating procedures that you can actually use to start getting results in your business today in these processes. We do have a question answer feature open up on the website. So if you go to grabblogger.com slash ask, A-S-K, you can ask a question there through, I think it's SpeakPipe or through text-based questions, and we'll come and answer those on the show. You can check out episodes 28, 33, and 37 of the podcast where we've actually talked about listener questions that have come in through either the slash ASK part of the website or through communities that we're part of. And as always, I just want to say thank you for listening to the Grab Blogger podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope it makes change in yourself and in your business. And I'm excited to continue to put out great content, helping you by giving you the strategies, the techniques, and the tips you can use to build your online business as an academic. And I'll see you again next week on the Grab Blogger podcast.